So as we were kind of approaching this week, we started talking about what could we do to kind of finish our year off, to think about this year together. And we've been spending this entire year in the life of Jesus. A little over a year ago, as we were planning 2018, the kind of the conversation was, what is the one thing we could focus on that would be so transformative? What could we spend a year on that would change our lives? And across the board, we said, if we were spending this year with Jesus, if we learned about what he cared about, who he cared about, what he taught, his actions, we would be able to look more, love more like him. And so we spent a year doing that. We've found out more about him. We've looked at different pieces of him. We looked at his prayers. We looked at his teaching and we've spent time with him. And as we come to this final week, I know many of us are kind of thinking back on the year and thinking forward to the next year. We wanted to do that together as well. And so uh, we started talking as a staff about the different ways that this year in the life of Jesus has impacted us across Summit. And we wanted to be able to show you a little bit of that today. So we're having folks from our base camp, our, our children's ministry, share a little bit about that, our students, our worship department, and to tell us a little bit about how this year in the life of Jesus has impacted them personally in their areas of ministry. So we're going to start. I'm going to bring up Brooke Schutman, who's our children's ministry director here at Summit. And uh, we're going to have the base camp team tell us a little bit about what's been happening in their world. Thanks, Brooke. Awesome. Well, I am really excited to share a little bit with you about um, kind of what we've done in base camp this past year. Um, as OJ and I and the Lake Mary team, we were talking and brainstorming um, what stuck out to us from this last year and what was coming ahead, what we wanted to share. Um, what stuck out to me most is, um, I'm not sure if you know, in base camp, um, our elementary schoolers followed along with main service when everyone was studying Sermon on the Mount. So for four months while we had sermons and here on Sermon on the Mount, we were also teaching it in base camp. And it was so cool to watch how our kids were learning the same things that their parents were learning. And the hope was that it would spur on conversations, um, kind of even the playing field. You knew exactly what your child learned and they knew what you were learning. You were able to have deeper conversations with them. Um, and it was just really neat to talk to families and hear about the conversations they were having with their children um, about that. So we're excited to do that again in this next year um, as a church. Um, but I, what I wanted to share with you today is many times your child goes to base camp and you don't know exactly what their morning looks like. So we're going to do a little bit of base camp here in what we like to call big church. So if you're a kid who's in elementary school or preschool and you go to base camp, I'm going to invite you to come on up here. Like you guys can hang out and sit down here. I know it's every kid's dream to come up here and like be near the stage. It's my own kids. Come on, it's, I promise it's not scary. It's really cool. So you guys can have a seat. Awesome. Yes. Last service, the kids were like, no, I'm not doing that. And they just looked at me with big eyes. Um, I was about to like start pointing out and calling names, but you know, that's not nice. Um, so yeah, <laughs> isn't this cool, guys? Yeah. Um, so we're going to do, I'm going to do a little bit of what we would do in base camp in our large group. So I'm going to read you guys a story. And this story is from the Jesus Storybook Bible. And just a side note, parents, um, if you've never read the Jesus Storybook Bible with your kids before, it's really great. It's great for 48-year-olds. Um, I read it with my own three-year-old daughter. It's her favorite um, if you're ever looking for a kid version of Bible stories. So I'm going to read you a story called The Singer, and it's um, the Jesus Storybook Bible interpretation of the Sermon on the Mount. You guys ready? Awesome. There's also the pictures up there, too. Wherever Jesus went, lots of people went to. They loved to be near him. Old people, young people, all kinds of people came to see Jesus. Sick people, well people, happy people, sad people, and worried people. Lots of them, worrying about lots 
and lots of things. What if we don't have enough food or clothes or suppose we run out of money? What if there isn't enough and everything goes wrong and we won't be all right? What then? When Jesus saw all the people, his heart was filled with love for them. They were like a little flock of sheep. They didn't have a shepherd to take care of them. So Jesus sat them all down and talked to them. The people sat quietly on the grassy mountainside and listened. From where they sat, they could see the blue lake glistening below them and little fishing boats coming in from a night's catch. The spring air was fresh and clear. See those birds over there, Jesus said? Everyone looked. Little sparrows were pecking at seeds along the stony path. Where do they get their food? Perhaps they have pantries all stocked up. Cabinets full of food? Everyone laughed. Who'd ever seen a bird with a bag of groceries? No, Jesus said. They don't need to worry about that because God knows what they need and he feeds them. And what about these wildflowers? Everyone looked. All around them, flowers were growing. Anemones, daisies, pure white lilies. Where do they get their lovely clothes? Do they make them? Or do they go to work every day so they can buy them? Do they have closets full of clothes? Everyone laughed again. Who'd ever seen a flower putting on a dress? No, Jesus said. They don't need to worry about that because God clothes them in royal robes of splendor. Not even a king is that well-dressed. They had never met a king, but as they gazed out over the lake, glittering and sparkling below them, the hillside dressed in reds, purples, and golds. They felt a great burden lift from their hearts. They could not imagine anything more beautiful. Little flock, Jesus said, you are more important than birds, more important than flowers. The birds and the flowers don't sit and worry about things. And God doesn't want his children to worry either. God looks, or God loves to look after the birds and the flowers and he loves to look after you too. Jesus knew that God would always love and watch over the world he had made, everything in it, birds, flowers, trees, animals, everything, and most of all, his children. Even though people had forgotten, the birds and the flowers hadn't forgotten, they still knew their song. It was a song of all of God's creation had sung to him from the very beginning. It was a song people's hearts were made to sing. God made us. God loves us. He's very pleased with us. It's why Jesus had to come into the world to sing them that wonderful song, to sing it not only with his voice, but with his whole life so that God's children could remember it and join in and sing it too. Now, guys, what else do we do when we, we do large group? We hear stories, but we also what? We sing songs and we worship. So today we're going to invite the whole congregation to do a song like we do in base camp. Now don't worry, we didn't pick a song where you have to like jump and dance because I know that's intimidating and scary. And But we are going to invite all, everyone to, to dance with us. So I'm going to bring up a couple of our worship leaders. Come on up, girls. Elena and Ava and Madison help lead worship in large group. And today they're going to lead us in Good, Good Father. So many of you may have heard this on the radio before or sung it in service together. Um, so we are going to sing this. Now, kids, you guys are the pros of this song because you know it, right? We do it in large group. So you guys are going to help lead the whole congregation and sing this song. So everybody join. I stand up 
feel free to dance. It's okay. Nobody's judging you. We're at church after all. Um, and worship with us. See, that wasn't so scary, right? Awesome. Girls, thank you so much for leading us in worship. Let's give another round of applause. Kids, thank you so much for being a part of this part of the service. I'm going to go ahead and send you on back to your families. Thank you so much. Awesome. So next up, Chad and some students are going to do the next part of our service. So they'll be coming on. There they are. Coming on up. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Brooke. Great job to uh, Madison, Ava, and Elena. It's so cool to me because uh, those are also students from uh, Surge and Edge. So to get to see them do that and to know that they do it uh, uh, so often and lead our younger kids uh, uh, in worship like that is just so cool to see them giving back uh, uh, with what they have and the talents and, and, and invest their time that way is just really awesome. Um, and so in, in 2018, as we looked at the year in the life of Jesus and in the past couple of weeks, as we've thought through what this service would look like and I've been reflecting on things, you know, there have been a few things that I thought I could come up here and I could tell you guys about. You know, there's, there was at, at, at Edge, we spent the last uh, couple of months of, of 2018 looking at identity. And we took our high school students and we said, you know, this is what identity looks like in Christ, not the things that we try to fill it with, not the, the achievement, not the accolades, not praise from other people, but this is what identity looks like when it's defined by the grace and love that's offered to us through Christ. And at, at Surge, our middle school program, you know, I thought we could talk about Weekend of Valor and how we spent a weekend with our middle school students camping in tents and, and hanging out and, and hearing for three days what Jesus went through uh, during his temptation before the Sermon on the Mount as he as he sat alone in the wilderness and was tempted uh, these, these, these uh, uh, several times and what that, how, how those different uh, temptations and the, the things that they represented, how we could look at those and see that if we wanted to be people of valor, if we wanted to follow Jesus well, he gave us an example of how to resist those things and how to overcome those things and how to live lives that reflected him well to the community around us. And, and I thought I could talk about those things and those would be good things. I could tell you also how awesome it is to have have a group of about a dozen leaders that show up week in, week out, and pour their lives into our students, helping them know what it is to live more and love more like Jesus. Give them an example of how to follow after him and be a person that they can trust and, and lean on in times when things are difficult and share joys with when things are good. And I thought those would all be really, really good things to talk about. But there's something that makes student ministry unique among the ministries that we do at church. And you guys probably know what that is. It's student ministries we get to play games. We get to have fun. And I thought, what better way, as we, as we take a little time to talk about this year in the life of Jesus, what a better way to do that than by playing a game? And don't worry if you're not the game-playing person. That is okay. I'm not actually going to force participation upon y'all. I brought some of my friends with me from Surge and Edge, and they're going to come up here, and they're going to show you what it looks like when we play a game. So I'd like to invite Ethan and Sydney and Laura to come join me up here on stage. Ethan is a seventh grader. He's from our middle school program called Surge. 
And then we have Sydney. She is a part of our EDGE program. She's in 11th grade now, which is crazy because the year that I started volunteering in student ministry here, Sydney was in sixth grade. So the fact that she is going to be graduating next year, I don't quite know how to process that yet. It'll, it'll be a lot of time invested in student ministry and uh, it's, it's awesome and kind of scary too. Uh, and Sydney also volunteers in base camp and she also leads a connect group of our middle school students. We also have Laura. She's one of our surge leaders as well. And she was, uh, she was game to come up here in front of y'all and uh, be a little bit embarrassed. So big, big hand to Laura for doing that as well. So, so guys, the game that we're going to show you today is one of my favorites, one of the ones that we really enjoy uh, to play at Surge and Edge, and it's called Get It Wrong and Win. And, and that's exactly the, the whole point of the game. It's really simple. See, I'm going to ask them a question and they're going to have just a matter of seconds to respond with an answer, but it can't be the right answer. If, it, if they give me the right answer, they're out. If they give me an answer that makes sense in any way, they're out. If they take too long, if they have to think about it, they're out. And so the idea is it's rapid fire. It comes at you real quick and you've got to give the wrong answer. And you would be surprised how hard that is to do sometimes. And so we're going to play a couple of rounds of get it wrong and win for you this morning. And I'm going to start our first round with Ethan. Oh, but also because it's a student ministries game, the other thing that we always get to do there's always a prize of some kind, and usually it's candy. And so one of the things that we love to do is celebrate things with candy. And so the winner of our game will receive this giant bag. It says on here that it's family-sized. Pretty sure any one of y'all could take this whole thing down if you really wanted to, <laughs> of Sour Patch Kids. So here is our game. Round one. Ethan, your first question. Are you ready? Yes. What color is the sun? 57. Okay, see, that's the perfect answer because 57, not a color. That is how the game is played and he was right on it. Sydney, are you ready? Yeah. What's two plus two? Chicken. Very good, that's also a very high quality answer. Laura, name a word that rhymes with sing. Christmas. Very good, all right, so at the end of round one, we are tied at one. Round two, we're gonna move a little faster. Ethan, are you ready? Mm -hmm. What sound does a cow make? Eat more chicken. <laughs> Sydney, what's your favorite pizza topping? Umbrella. <laughs> All right, Laura, name a color in the rainbow. Rhinoceros. Rhinoceros, very good. Okay, so two rounds in, we're all tied. These are experienced players. They know the game. They are students of the game. They are the ones that if they were playing Jeopardy, they would be in the Tournament of Champions. Since we only have a limited amount of time, we're going to cut right to the tiebreaker question. The tiebreaker question, you give the right answer and I have to judge how right and how good your answer is. I am the judge, I am uh, uh, the one that chooses. And so you've gotta think through, what am I going to think is the best answer to this question? Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Your question, the one that all three of you will be answering is, what have you learned about Jesus this year or how have you experienced him in a new way? I've experienced Jesus in a new way by helping out in base camp and just watching the kids grow up in their faith. And through Surge, I've learned to share my faith with others. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. That's going to be tough to beat. Uh, Sydney, same question. All right. Well, I've experienced Jesus through community. Um, I met a lot of great people through Basecamp and Surge and Edge. And so I made a lot of cool relationships there. And also, I went to the Dominican Republic last summer and the summer before that. And so I got to see the work that God's doing there and also how I'm a part of the work that's there. So that was really cool. Those are two very, very good answers. 
Remember, we are playing for the Sour Patch Kids. Indeed, indeed. The pressure is on, though, Laura. Can you top that? Um, I've experienced Jesus in just rereading through the Gospels this year um, and seeing how the people that he encountered, their lives were radically changed. Um, and that as children of God, our lives are radically changed. So when we live out each day, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be like status quo or just getting by. Like we can live in God's abundance. That's another great answer. You know what, guys? I, I, I think those, those are all really, really good answers. And I feel like it would probably be kind of sacrilegious if I were to like judge how well their relationship with God was going. And so we're going to do something that has never been done in the history of Student Ministries games. We're going to declare all three of them winners because you got to have more than one family-sized bag of candy at any given time. All right, guys, you are all winners. Give them a round of applause, guys. Thank you so much for playing our game. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can all go back to your seats. I appreciate it so much. Uh, it has been an awesome year in student ministries. Uh, like I said, we couldn't do it without our volunteers that invest uh, several hours every week in our students' lives, helping them to, to learn more about who Jesus is and, and what that means in their lives. So for those of you who are here this morning who do that as, as Connect Group Leaders for our students, thank you so much. And for those of you who are a part of this congregation and pray for us and support us in all these other ways, thank you guys so much too. This is an awesome place to do student ministry and I'm grateful for the opportunity to do that here. Uh, and so without any further ado, I'm gonna turn it over to Eric Champion. He's gonna come and talk about us, talk to us about, not talk about us, that would be weird because we're still in the room. You gotta wait till you can get really behind our backs to do that. Uh, he's gonna talk about the year in the life of Jesus from the perspective of worship ministries. Hey everybody, hey family. So when OJ was coming up with the idea to use this service to reflect on this last year, he asked me if I could talk about a song that maybe stood out in the year as we were walking through the life of Christ. And instantly, I mean, even we, when he was asking me the question, the song came to my mind. It was that quick. I knew exactly what I would talk about. So I wanted to tell you why it came to me so quickly. Um, and first, I want to ask a question. You obviously don't have to answer this, but just, just think. Maybe it'll make you think. But uh, did you learn anything about yourself in 2018? Because um, I, I did learn something about myself. I took the Enneagram test. Have any of you heard of the Enneagram? Yeah. Was that what any? Are you one? You're a one? So my youngest daughter, Amarie, she was a freshman in high school. One of her classes, she was um, required to take the Enneagram test. And so she took it and was excited to share it with me, found out. And basically, it's a personality test. It's kind of like a strengths finder or something like that. And it kind of, um, you, you answer a series of questions, and it, it um, puts you in a category. There are nine different personality types, and there's a title for each one. So she found out she was an eight, which is called the challenger, which makes a lot of sense, you know. <laughs> I don't know that there is a freshman who's not a type eight, but she's definitely an eight. So she had me take the test and I found out that I was a four, which is called the individualist or the romantic. Any other fours in the audience? Oh, I see a couple of fours. Okay, so we, here's what we're like. Here are some of our traits. We're dramatic, we're expressive, we're very creative, we're very in tune with our emotions, which this is actually helpful, explains why I cry at every single movie. It's embarrassing. Even last night, Avalie came over with her boyfriend and we watched The Secret Life, Life of Walter Mitty. I've seen it like 10 times. Cried in that movie. But I mean, every movie. I cried. We, Mary Poppins Returns. Cr cried in that. Not hard to imagine. But Equalizer 2? I cried in it. 
Infinity War, I cried for days. Skyscraper, I cried because it was so bad. I felt bad for Dwayne The Rock Johnson that he was even in that movie, sorry. But I, I, I cry a lot. Some of our more negative traits is that we can be self-absorbed, um, very melancholic. Some other famous fours were Edgar Allan Poe, interestingly enough, one of my favorite authors. Michael Jackson, interestingly enough, my favorite singer. So um, I, I'll try not to get too far in you my, my explanation, but self-discovery is a good thing. Um, Sometimes it may be a little, just an excuse for bad behavior. Because my wife's like, why'd you put your, your fist through that wall? I was like, I'm a four. I don't you understand? Nobody understands me. So we can't take it a little far. But there's a, a reason to this. Uh, in reflecting on 2018, there were a lot of really good things about 2018. Um, but for the most part, I was glad, I'm glad to see it go. I really am. Uh, there have been some tough things, some challenges, some of them external some of them internal, and getting to the end of the year, I don't know if many of you, I know you've had some struggles, some of you have had some struggles this year, you can feel beat up. And one of the good things about this year is because of the reading plan and our focus on kind of following the life of Christ through the Gospels, I've been more consistent in my daily devotions every morning, that's been really helpful. I've needed that this year. But even in those quiet times, sometimes it can be hard to pray. I can be so full of emotion or the heaviness of whatever I'm going through that the words may even be floating around in my head, but I just can't get them to come out. And that's why this song is so important to me because um, it's actually, we keep a tally of the songs that we've done the most over the year. And at Lake Mary, this is one of the most done songs. And I think I'm probably responsible for that Um, because I love this song and I've needed this song. Um, It's essentially the Lord's Prayer. And when um, Jesus was telling his disciples how to pray, I was always curious about that. Is there a wrong way to pray? Um, I mean, prayer is just pouring your heart out to, to the Lord about whatever's on your heart. And I thought that maybe the reason he told us how to pray wasn't necessarily because we would pray wrong, but maybe we'd have a hard time knowing what to say or, or in situations in our life where we're so heavy with emotion that it's, it's hard for us to pray. So he gave us the words. And this song is that, that prayer. And it's meant so much to me because um, he knows what we need. Um, and as we go into 2019, my hope is that I can remember to pray the words of the song every day. It reminds me that his grace is sufficient, that his mercy is new every morning and every new year, and that his love is strong. <laughs>